Hello and welcome to We Review Stuff, the podcast where, and this might shock you, we review stuff. I'm Anula Vivitovska and today I am joined by our solid 4.5 star team from reviews.org. First up, it is the connoisseur of lunch sandwiches, Fergus Burgers Halliday. How is the week snacking up so far, Fergus? It's had ups and downs. I had a nice, you know, tuna salad sandwich for lunch. I don't know what this sandwich bit is about. I feel maybe a little bullied, um, but it's going all right. It's going all right. All right, great. Well, next up, please welcome the man who makes the word bro non-derogatory, Brody Fogg. Brody, how how would you rate bro culture? Bro culture, big fan. I'm a big fan of tox- toxic masculinity. I give it a f- solid like 4.7 out of 5. Great. You are bringing our star rating for the team down immediately. So let's move on. So he is the half star. He is the half star. <laughs> Next up, let's everyone make some noise for Alex. The sea is silent, but I'm not. Horosh. Alex, how are you going today? It's true. I can be very loud. <laughs> That is true. And finally, let's welcome the least basic human with the most basic name, Adam Smith. Adam, how's your day going? It's it's going pretty good, pretty good. I do have two small humans running around my house and giggling at the moment. Uh, so, not kids, by the no, way. No, Adam just collects just small, small people. Yeah, just small humans. I don't. I I honestly don't know how they got in here. <laughs> if you've seen Mulholland Drive. It's kind of like that scene, you know, where the two old people like menacingly advance on Naomi Watts. It's it's one of those things that's happening. Do we need a quarter triple zero? I'll, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to see how it pans out first. And, yeah, great. Uh, yeah. This could be a really interesting episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, give them a chance. Like, you know, don't just write them off. I'm sure they're lovely. Short people are people too. Not according to Randy Newman, but. Yeah, that's anyway. Let's we'll move on. I feel like this intro started weird and it just kept going. That was the plan. <laughs> Let's get weird, folks. That's what we're here for. All right. Well, I want to welcome everyone to the inaugural episode of We Review Stuff. Every episode, we will review three things and decide where they belong in our definitive list called the list. Every week, we will add new stuff to our list and then argue over where they fall in the rankings. Ferg, Alex, and Brody are our reviewers today. Gentlemen, what are we reviewing? Ferg, you're up. Uh, I am reviewing the Playdate handheld gaming console. Oh, that's exciting. All right, Alex, what are you going to be talking about today? A very specific part of a specific phone. Mysterious. And Brody, what are you up to? I'll be reviewing the best cheeseburger you can buy for below $3 in Australia. Oh, that is exciting. Okay. All right. Well, let's get started. Ferg, you are up first. Let's kick off our first review. Yeah, sure. So, um... I mean, I, you know, I, I, before we jump into the product, I want to provide you with a story, some rich context to the tapestry that is my life. Uh, so I play a lot of mobile video games, um, but my phone is kind of like an everything device. It's just everything happens to kind of include games. Um, and sometimes that's good. There are some games that work really well on the phone, but sometimes you want, you know, hardware that's a bit more specialized um, and kind of gives you that more bespoke, dedicated fit for purpose kind of experience. I think that's why I like the Nintendo Switch for games. 
And that's, you know, what attracted me to the Playdate, which is this little handheld gaming console um, produced by a company called Panic. So what makes the Playdate different? Uh, a couple things. So first of all, it's got a cute, it's it's tiny. It costs less than $200 US. Uh, it has a, it's sort of uh, the visual for it, If for those listening on the podcast. Uh, it's a sort of like a Game Boy that's been squished down from a rectangular form factor to a more square shape. Uh, it's got usual buttons. It's got your D-pad. It's got this cute little black and white screen that's got like an absurdly small number of pixels on it. It's like 400 by 240. Um, it sort of looks like e-ink. Uh, there's a headphone jack. It's got like a whopping four gigabytes of storage on it. More, most importantly, it's got this cute little crank on the side, which you can flip out and spin to do things. Crank that soldier boy. Pretty much. Um, yeah. And, and for the, can't the crank also be used to power it? From what I understand, I haven't, you know, done seen a tear down of this product yet, but from what I understand, it does have a more conventional battery in it. Um, you can crank it and feel like you're making it do things, though, which is kind of what's the difference, really? You know, it's all about perception of reality. Um, I will say with the crank, one of the things that's interesting about it is you would expect it to be like more resistance or friction when you're sort of spinning it, almost like a fidget spinner. But it's actually got like no resistance. Oh, you can kind of crank it as fast as humanly possible. That, I gotta say that bothers me. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah, a little bit of friction while you're cranking it would be good. So how do the games use the crank? Thank you, thank you, Alex. We are going down a very dangerous road here. Uh, <laughs> um, there's lots of lots of different ways, right? So first of all, you can use the crank to navigate the menus, even if you want. Um, it's it's fun to do it a couple times, but then I quickly found myself going back to the buttons just because I could really spam the buttons and just do stuff a whole lot faster. Um, in terms of the games themselves, there's lots of different ones. Uh, when you buy a Playdate, you get a season of games. I think it's just called Season 1. Um, and basically, the way it works out is that you get two new games every week for, I believe, 12 weeks. So 24 games in total. Uh, and so every week, you turn on your device, and two new games just appear in your little library, and you just get to find out what they are. Um, there's lots of different ones. There's like a surfing one. There's a super corporate tax evader. There's one where you play as a dog who has to recommend people for jobs. So you have to like turn the crank to flip through a Rolodex to find people who meet the requirements of the job you're trying to fill. I, I need to know how the tax evasion game works in reference to the crank. Are you just cranking through your money? No, no, paper shredding. Paper shredding. That's a great mechanic. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. wicked. I, I kind of uh, grew up in the era of Atari. Um, and one of the things that I love about Atari is how disposable the games were. You know, that, like if you had a decent game library on Atari, you're, I think the average time you put into a game was about three and a half minutes. And then you'd be like, this tires me. I want to play something else. And the entire time you're having fun, you know, but it never felt like, like, no, like there's not a rich story or well-developed characters. It's just like, here's a weird orange guy on some cubes. Jump. Yeah, no, totally. Exactly. Like, is this a similar experience with the kind of nice, like casual gaming feel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I think there is a degree to which this is kind of like a toy and a novelty device, but there is something really compelling to it. Um, more than just like nostalgia for just uh, those kinds of games or the Game Boy experience specifically, it kind of speaks to a fondness for the way the games used to be. It's like you said, it's not a high fidelity experience. It's just kind of like, hey, someone made a little thing 
will you give them two dollars or get it through the season's pass and just try it and see what it's like and you, sometimes you'll be like Haha, all right that was a fun five minutes and then other times uh for example one game i have is called the joke that's worth 99 cents uh and it's this game where there's sort of a baby that sort of falls from the sky and then you when you turn the crank, it turns the crank on a visual, like a ver- digital version of the play date. And you've got to sort of bounce the baby on the crank to sort of keep them in the air with real time <laughs> physics in order to hear the entire joke. And if you drop the baby and it falls off the screen, the joke ends, the game resets, you got to start again. And the joke goes back to the beginning. And I have spent literally hours attempting to hear the joke that is worth 99 cents unsuccessfully. Um, so like, can like anyone make games of this? Yeah, there's a whole. Um, it's very open and uh, accessible to developers. There's like a public SDK. There's like a tool set for people to even build basic experiences if you don't have coding ex- coding expertise. Um, like I said, if, apart from this, well, the seasons side of it, I believe there's some sort of back end deal where developers are paid some amount to have their game added to the season. Uh, there's also the digital store where people sell stuff. Games are usually between like, I don't know, two and $7 on average, I feel like. Um, and that kind of, like you say, gives it that almost disposable thing of like, yeah, all right, this looks kind of funny. Like there's one, one version, a game on here, which is like a weird version of Snake called Snoik. And I was like, that's pretty funny. I'll give you $6 to see what that's about. Hey, Fert. So one question I have about the play date is that like, uh, the no, having no backlight on the screen sure is a throwback, but we put backlights in for pretty good reason. Uh, how does it go like in daylight? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, with no like natural light. It can sometimes be a challenge. Uh, I would say you are correct. We did put backlights in things for a reason. Um, actually, going through my uh, notes for this ahead of the podcast, I, I actually had this thought where it's like you know. I do love that this is so thrifty and cheap and uses all these old school components in really cool and creative ways. Um, but, you know, I would I would have paid like an extra hundred bucks for a Playdate Pro with like a nicer screen and maybe some <laughs> nicer speakers. I would have done it. Oh, um, you're defeating the purpose now. You need, to have, like, have, you need to have like a headlamp specifically yes. for when you're in the car and you're playing while your parents are driving. That's literally the yeah. only way to do it, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. I have fond memories of like probably wrecking my eyesight sitting in the backseat of a car with a Game Boy as the sun dipped below the horizon and just like leaning closer and closer and closer <laughs> to it. I am 100% there with you, Adam. I used to try and play Pokemon uh, by the light of the streetlights as we were going past them. Uh, so it would be like real speed run of like, quick, get where I need to go. And then... It was all over so quickly. Um, the other thing I will shout out is just like the soft, like the hardware is obviously very cute, uh, but I think the software is like mwah, exquisite. It's some of the most delicious software I have like ever ha- had the joy of experiencing. There's like a little animation and sound and flourish to like every little detail. Like when it's in sleep mode, you see this little clock, but then when you turn it on, you see like two little eyes as it oh, like comes to life. Right. When you're scrolling That's- through oh. your uh, your library, you're sort of like cranking through them. All the games you haven't played are like tied up in ribbons. You hit a button and it sort of unpacks it in front of you. Ah, it's gorgeous. It's just so, so cute. Um, the website says that Panic made this for fun and I 100% believe them. It is so fun to use. See, to me, this just shows that you shouldn't discount things just because they're small. So you guys are wrong about those weird little people running around my house. One other downside I will just throw in before we uh, wrap up on this review is just that uh, I 
bought this and it was sort of like a Christmas present to myself, but I will say that I did wait a very long time for it. I put my order in in July 2021 and I did not get my order until July 2023. That's like a long time to wait uh, for even a, it's, it's, it's a lovely device, but I would say that if you're looking to buy one, I would flag that you may be waiting quite some time because there is a bit of a backfill. So that was going to be my question. Are they still like... Yeah, I believe you can still put in orders. They are sending them out in waves, though, so so there'd be a bit of so so you'll still be waiting a long time, potentially. Order yeah. now, okay. And like the original estimate for when I when I thought I would be getting my order was significantly was significantly later. All right, Ferg. Well, on that note, what are you rating the play date? Um, I'm just going to say that I my rating for this is crank it, crank it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Moving on. All right. Alex is doing our next review. And I believe you hinted to some kind of charging port. That's true. Um, I'm reviewing the iPhone 15 Pro's USB-C port. And, you know, like this wasn't Apple's decision. The EU forced Apple to ditch lightning for USB-C. And thank God, it like dramatically changes the iPhone experience. I was able to plug my guitar into my iPhone and have it pick up in GarageBand as an input. I was like, hey, using um, an old Rocksmith cable from a 2005 video game. (laughs) It's just like, this is like what open standards are for. It's just like you plug things in and they work. And it's just like, why did it take this long? I absolutely love that we're all praising Apple, not just us, everyone is praising Apple for the fact that they didn't mess up the USB-C. They did the absolute bare minimum and they just (laughs) took their old cords from outside of like iPad boxes and they're like, here, take this. And we're like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord and Savior Tim Cook. I I mean, in fairness, the the standard models have like shitty USB-C 2.0. Like they did, they didn't even give them the fancy ports there. They could have spent a little bit more. No, no, that was on purpose. And Cook personally spit in each USB-C port as they went out of the factory. So naturally, naturally. And like, you know, there is, you you still get the USB um, two speed cord in the iPhone um, 15 Pro box. So if you want to use the maximum USB speeds possible, you need to go buy another cable. Yeah. All right, there's the Apple because that's the immediate upsell. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing some room for improvement here is what I hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just like, you know, give people who buy a $2,000 phone the good cable. Yeah, yeah It's just like it's a very yeah. expensive mm-hmm. phone. Um, so you can give them a cable that goes at 10 gigabits per second. It's not going to cost you that much more. Think about the margin though, Alex. That's all they're thinking about. <laughs> now, now dumb it down, Alex, and tell me what can you do and what can't you do with the cable in the box? So, like, so far, you know, um, just, like, with the Inverbox cable, I've connected – well, I haven't connected my guitar. I used a different cable to do that. Um, but I did manage to connect a MIDI cable, uh, MIDI keyboard straight to my iPhone using the Inverbox cable because my keyboard's got USB-C as well. Um, I've connected the camera directly to the iPhone, and you can open up Lightroom and import photos straight from the camera into your iPhone without needing to – use a weird dongle or an SD card reader or a shitty wireless app that tries to transfer things to your phone but uses Bluetooth so it just kind of dies after eight seconds. That's actually really neat. Um, you can like plug in external drives and move things over to your iPhone. Um, mm. One thing I would really like to see is like if, cause you know, most of us back up straight to iCloud. 
if you plug in a, like an SSD into your iPhone, it'd be really cool if it could just like back up your iPhone to an SSD and then restore a new iPhone from your SSD backup rather than having to download about 300 gigabytes of photos from iCloud like I just did last week. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a great use case. But again, like it seems like really versatile. You can even, um, you know, like plug your iPhone into a TV and, you know, like open up an iPhone game, pair a PlayStation 5 controller, Xbox controller, and like play Sonic on your TV for your iPhone. Resident yeah. Evil is coming to iPhone in at the end of October. And like I tried a demo of it and it looks incredible for a phone game. And you'll just be able to like use an iPhone as a console. Now, I, I'm uh, one of those weirdos who's an Android user. Um, what I'm here- we what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. Yeah. Why are we just painting as all those weirdos? <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> what I'm hearing is I could have been doing this stuff with my phone the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Um, Android doesn't really have many music applications because mm. the Android. I, I don't have much musical talent, so that's that's a perfect marriage. Perfect, uh, but you know, unfortunately, um, there are just very few bits of music software on Android because since there's like so many different variations of Android devices, most um, like companies who make uh, software instruments find it too hard because like the audio stack's slightly different on every phone. Whereas, you know, there's a limited number of iPhones, so the companies can just optimize. And so that's just like definitely one check iPhone has for creative types, I guess. But specifically the USB-C on iPhone. Exactly. That is a tick for the USB-C. Got it. Out of curiosity, how many USB-C cables do we think we we each own? Uh, that is, ballpark. Oh, my God. I found three in my backpack when I was setting up. I didn't know that they were there. Yeah, it's in the dozens. In the thousands? Dozens. <laughs> dozens. Easily. It's not the cables that's the problem. It's the USB-C brick that I have made. I have... Two, mm, I think. Mm. Like, and yes, we can charge it from the laptop, but like, the I've still gone had to I've gone out of my way to purchase more USB C bricks so I can just have a charger next to my bed. Put one in your couch. Yeah, shove one in your couch. Mm. Yeah, it is an excellent option. option. Really bad <laughs> if you end up sleeping on the couch because the dog won't shut up during the night, and then you end mm. up sleeping with a GAN charger shoved into your back. Uh, don't recommend that. On that note, I'm going to rate the iPhone 15's USB port a win for open standards. Okay, well, that brings us to Brody. What have you got for us, Brody? This right here, my friends, is the $2.50 barbecue cheeseburger from Hungry Jack's. Now, what is so great about it, you might ask? Well, it's $2.50 for one. If you can show me a better cheeseburger for $2.50 or less, then I'll uh, eat my hat or my burger. Now, what we have here is a toasted sesame bun with smoky barbecue sauce, cheese, uh, a meat thing, a burger patty, that's what it's called, <laughs> and some mayonnaise. Now, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, when, I, when I first came across this burger, I was like, $2.50, how could it be that good? It just blew me away. And then I started, what made it more special, I started looking around. And of course, like, you don't get that sort of value at McDonald's anymore. You don't get that sort of value 
at KFC. You won't find anything for $2.50. It's like inflation just didn't hit Hungry Jack's. And for that, I'm so thankful. $2.50 for a cheeseburger. $2.50 for some medium fries. This isn't an ad. Uh, and Hungry Jack's is just back, baby. Like, also, $2.50 whoa, whoa, whoa. for their Whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys. You're saying that Hungry Jack's ever left? Hungry Jack's has never been out. You can't be back if you were never gone. They're not Red uh, Rooster. I, I think they had a – yeah, that's true. I think they had a rough few years there, but I'm not kidding, you guys. You, you, you try those fries. I think they've maybe got some of the best fries in the biz these days. And for $2.50, $5, you can get a burger, chips. Yesterday, Fergus was eating uh, peanut butter and uh, and cheese on a sandwich. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, a callback that the audience will definitely appreciate and have context for. <laughs> They will 100% have context for it. I will force this into the podcast. Let's give you a little bit of context. We, we, uh, we went round robin uh, the other day describing what we'd had for lunch. Uh, and everyone had something, you know, fairly pedestrian uh, for lunch. Uh, pedestrian, but, you know, it sounded pretty tasty. Until we got to Fergus, uh, who described what, what sounded as though it, it was perhaps... Uh, the the result of Soviet era rationing. <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, times are tough, you know. Yeah, can, for, can you walk us through what you willingly chose? I'm guessing willingly chose. No one made you do this, right? It's just peanut butter and, peanut butter and, peanut butter and cheese sandwich. What's the what's what's the go? Wink here? twice if someone made you do it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes this is a safe space. Sometimes, Sometimes you just want just a little snack. You just want a little snack, right. you know, and you you don't want to leave the house. No, it's not that it's not that you want a little snack. That's fine, Fergus. It's the snack itself. I feel like we're not getting through to you here. Yeah, we we actually didn't plan uh, to do a podcast. This has all been an elaborate ruse to set up an intervention. I hate yeah. this. <laughs> Although, so I, I guess my two contributions to this are that, um, A, when it comes to burgers, I'm happy to I'm happy to pay more. And I actually had like a really good burger last night. So I'm worried that I might be primed to not love this. Uh, but Brody has sent a burger. Wait, wait, of this kind you sent? Me. So I I'll guess be right I can, back. All right. So I'm going to put, I, I, in the spirit of the podcast, I will put this in context between the burger I had last night, the sandwich I had yesterday, and this burger. Yes, and remember, have so excited for you to to rank okay. it. And I, I should say, I just, I, I literally just ate probably five slices of pizza. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to do this. Two dollars fifty. This, for those of you enjoying this podcast as an audio medium, um, I. I hope you really enjoy the sound of rustling paper bags. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's taking his bite here. Uh, I'm seeing a little too much uh, discernment in both Adam and Ferg's eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm starting to get a bit shaky. No, I'm going to say for $2.50, they didn't have to put sesame seeds on this, but they did. You know, thank you. Like that's just magnanimous on their part. Exactly right. That's it. Do you know how much a cheeseburger costs you at McDonald's these days? Four dollars seventy. Do you know that a hash brown costs like <laughs> two bucks fifty? It's, it's insane. It is Inflation has gone wild. It's potato. It's I don't understand. Uh, like hash brown should be fifty cents, and that is it. 
in the context of this being $2.50, this is exceptional. And the other thing, you know, as Hungry Jack's is known for, it's flame grilled. So it's got, got that going for it. And you can I, really taste you can really taste the application of heat. Did it come from did it was it delivered warm? Mm, no. It might have been, but <laughs> Yeah. Hard to say at this point. <laughs> Um, I think we can't discount the warm factor. I'll say the burger I just took a bite off a bit lukewarm. Okay. Uh, so I'll say that, um, I will say that having had like a pretty nice burger last night with, you know, some, uh, what I have on it. Uh, let me, I'll, I'll bring up a, I'll bring up a, a recipe for that in a moment. Uh, but I will say that. I don't know. It just feels like mostly mostly bun. What's here is mostly bun, a little bit of meat. The sauce is nice, I guess. Um, and if we're going to play the cost of living angle, truly, $2, was it $2.50, you said? Yes. Surely, you know, if you work out the net cost of some bread, some cheese, some peanut butter, I think my sandwich comes out ahead on value on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, peanut butter is expensive. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, there's the intangible cost of debasing yourself by consuming. <laughs> uh, as opposed to the cost of this. There's nothing debasing <laughs> happening with this burger. <laughs> um, I, swear, I swear if you try and get that sandwich on the list, Fergus, I'm leaving. I'm not I'm doing not this ca- anymore. You're making this a thing. Uh, <laughs> um I don't know. It was, certainly, it was certainly a burger. But my general take on burgers is that I feel like they've got to be good enough to be kind of worth the trouble in terms of both the money you put in and also the calories. And I guess like the money side of it is like, is pretty good here. Um, but I just didn't think it was like particularly tasty. It just, it, it was, it could definitely sustain me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. And I, I like to, I like to feel joy with my food and this just seemed a little joyless for the record. The burger I had last night was at a place called Burgers Anonymous. They have multiple outlets throughout Sydney. They're great. I had the chooklin. It's southern fried chicken, lettuce, tomato, onion, BA sauce, hickory barbecue, and American cheese. It was $14. Six times the cost of this, I admit, but it was, I will say, $14 well spent. Yeah, Burgers Anonymous is stellar. Love um, Burgers Anonymous. Um, but uh, once again, like for $2.50, like the fact that you cannot get a McDonald's cheeseburger for that. What like, is the price of a cheeseburger now? Like four sixty. Four sixty. That's criminal. Turns out the real hamburger was the corporation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm learning a lot about people's fast food opinions in this podcast in a way I did not expect. So, um, Brody, bring us back to the burger. What do you rate it? What do I rate this burger? Uh, look. I I hear everyone's arguments. Uh, like, of course, yeah, I would love a Burgers Anonymous burger if I had fourteen dollars. What I've got is two dollars fifty. I'm going to rate this uh, burger two dollars fifty out of, out of yeah, out of two dollars fifty. I don't I don't know how this rate, rating system works, but I'm, I'm giving it a solid two dollars fifty. Yes, yeah, there we go. You know what? I, I'll do you one better. I'd rate I'd rate it two seventy five. Put them. You're crazy. You're insane. Ludicrous. This is lunacy. <laughs> all right. Well, since we all seem to be in a fighting mood, I think that it's time for us to add these to the list. 
for for everyone playing around playing along at home, the list is our definitive list of the best stuff that we review. Our goal is to find out what the best thing is. So yeah, so every week our plan is to add all of our new reviews onto this list and to rank them in their rightful position based on everything else that we have reviewed. Yeah, so at the end of it, we should have a definitive ranking of all things. Right. Everything. That's the goal. That's yes. the goal. Why else does the website exist if not for this? Yes. So, okay, where are we feeling things fall on the list? I think that we can... Go ahead and put Playdate at number one and move on. Powerful. But if we're talking about USB-C versus the burger, where do we land on that? That, <laughs> that to me, is the area of debate, I think. It goes USB-C, burger, Playdate. No! I haven't even tasted the burger. No. I haven't. I haven't even tasted. I haven't tasted the burger, but I, I will go to bat for Brody on this. Thank Surely you. I'm... I'm I trust it. I trust like judgment. The host's uh, decision here. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's it. All I right, end of podcast. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. I'm willing. I'm willing to back the USB-C on the wider implications on the state of consumer rights and stuff. I'm willing to back you on that, but you can't put me below the burger. I'm well, not. I, 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 I think that's fair. USB-C <laughs> play date burger. Here's a question: What does Apple sell? For under two dollars <laughs> fifty, <laughs> I'm pretty oh. sure you can get um, a month of the basic iCloud tier. It's true. Yeah, there you go. I, I really, really should have anticipated. Yeah, a deadly serious answer from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> this one's on you. You kind of set the bar a little low. <laughs> okay, the the USB C obviously works a treat. How does it work if it is filled with smoky barbecue sauce? Because I th- I would I would hazard oh. to say that that's where the burger really shines. Yeah, we do have IP68 resistance on the iPhone 15 Pro, so I feel like that would handle um, barbecue sauce for up to 30 minutes. Okay, oh, that that hey, that's a pretty good argument. That is pretty good because I'm I'm not going to have barbecue sauce on that burger for more than 30 minutes. That's true. I, I mean, you guys just like scoffed it down in like free. I don't know if scoffed it down is, is what I would describe. Yeah, if you have a burger sitting there for over 30 minutes, it's done. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's every chance that mine was indeed sitting there for over 30 minutes because it was just left at the door with no, no indication that it had arrived. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling great. Um, I'm not going to say like that's, uh, that's anything to do with the burger. Um, <laughs> and hey, even Brody, if, I'm, if, if I wasn't, $2.50. Brody, I went to bat for you and you're yeah. you're completely undercutting this entire argument. Yeah, I'm not implying that correlation <laughs> equals causation, but I have to think that these stomach cramps are from the USB-C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think that uh, due to the stomach cramps that seem to be happening and Brody absolutely butchering his burger argument at the end there, I have to, <laughs> I have to let it slide. I have to let that slide to number three. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, as Ferg has uh, pointed out in the past, I'm like, I, I'm really, really keen to get myself a play date. In fact, I have the website open now after this discussion says I can get one by the end of 2023. I'm going to, I will also bet the play date, but 
I am not giving up on this burger so easily. I would in another on another day in another episode, I will defend this burger again when it comes to it. I look forward to that. All right. So so the definitive list at the moment goes number one, USB-C. Number two. Specifically the iPhone 15's USB-C port. Sorry, the iPhone 15's USB-C port is at number one. Uh, number two is the Playdate. And number three is the Burger King $2.50 burger. Or was that the barbecue cheeseburger. cheeseburger? Sorry, the, the okay. Burger King $2.50 barbecue cheeseburger. Hungry Jacks. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> giving this giving this $2.50 burger the respect it deserves. Yeah, this is why this thing slipped to number three. Pedantry. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what, folks? That's our time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to try your hand at reviewing, why not review us? A five-star review and rating can make a big difference for a new podcast like this so if you feel so inclined we would really appreciate it if you want more of our content you can find the list and read our full reviews on reviews.org slash au or find us at slash au on twitter tiktok and instagram ferg where can people find you i am over on threads these days uh at cvampedoz c-v-a-m-p-e-d-o-z awesome and brody what is your pipe of choice uh, so I'm not on any social media networks. Uh, you can find me on reviews.org slash au. I'm going to use this space instead to say uh, subscribe to our uh, streaming newsletter called The Watchlist. Um, if you head over to reviews.org slash au and search for The Watchlist, you'll find it there uh, where this very talented team is putting out fun emails every week about what to stream in Australia. Yeah, in case you can tell, we love a list over at Reviews. Alex, where can uh, we keep up with what you're doing? For some reason, I'm still on Twitter or X or like the trash fire or like whatever we call it these days. Um, I'm at a underscore Horosh, which is C-H-O-R-O-S. The C is silent. And Adam, where can people... Um, yeah, so if, if you want to read some... Uh, in, in all humility, pretty fire tweets from, say, two years ago. Um, you could find me at Adam underscore Smith XA. Uh, but if you actually want to see anything I've done even moderately recently, just head over to reviews.org slash AU. Always up with the times, the most current of all of us. And of course, if you wish to form a parasocial relationship with me, you can find me at Anula Palooza on all of the things. Um, if there's something that you want us to review, slide into our DMs on any of the platforms. And until next time, we review stuff and that's the stuff. <laughs>